Jonathan Nato, and I'm a blind guy. Hey, everybody, I'm Hamad Zaidi, and I'm still disabled. And this is Limping on Cloud Nine. How you doing, Jonathan? Good, good. I'm still blind, so. Yeah, well, there you go. You know what's funny <laughs> is, is the funny thing is I said that because last week one of my two daughters, I think it was uh, Lena, she goes, Dad, are you always going to have a broken hand and, and limp? And I'm like, yep. <laughs> she just thought about it, and for a second she goes, okay, right? <laughs> and it just made me think that when I was, uh, when my wife and I, were, when my wife was pregnant and I was waiting to become a father, I was always super worried about what my kids would think of the disability as mm. they got older. Mm. And they just don't care. Yeah. Which uh, is a beautiful thing. Yeah, no, I mean, my kids, it doesn't even phase them at all. I mean, like I, like I said before, the younger ones, they, they battle with it because they just see me being normal. And they're like, oh, hey, you know, dad, dad, read a book. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> you know, they're, they're like, they, they don't quite get it. I'm like, I can't, I can't see the book. And they, they don't really know how to deal with that. So, but yeah. other than that, they, it doesn't face them either. Yeah. And when I say no, it's for much more stupid reasons. <laughs> like la- last night we were watching a Dodger um, playoff game and my, both of my kids are in chess. They take an after school chess club thing. Oh, nice. Right. Just to learn it. Yeah. And Zoe's like, Dad, play chess with me. And I'm like, the Dodgers are playing the Cubs, sweetie. Why don't you watch the Dodgers with me? (laughs) (laughs) My my wife is looking at me like, oh, come on. Right? This is your kid. (laughs) So I won't even admit to what I wound up doing. But let's just say that I I owe her a round of chess or two. There you go. (laughs) Right? So anyway, today I wanted to talk about something really fun, and that is my history with video games. Mm. And before we dive in, for those of you who follow this, I know on occasion, not much, but on occasion I've mentioned that I'm an investor in and a partner of an amazing technology company called Industry Corporation, which actually started as a video game house, Mm. right? But... That's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about the fact that I have a love-hate with video games because, drumroll, I can't play them. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I mean, the only ones I could ever play well was Pac-Man. And that, even that, I wasn't that great at it, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, because, I mean, you couldn't, I guess you could, I don't know if you could, you could kind of position your hand to kind of hold the base of the the Atari controller, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, Yeah. Yeah, so I don't even know why we came up with this. I guess I, guess I just looked in my cell phone, uh, into my iPhone to look at ideas. Yeah. And I'd written months ago an idea, asked Jonathan about video games. Yeah. So. Well, you know, there's actually a, a, a website, and I, I, haven't, I haven't mentioned to you this before, but since we're on this topic, there's actually a website you could check out. It's called Able Gamers, and they try modifying, like, controllers and things like that. For people that have like disabilities like yours, where they have the you know the better use of one hand than the other, and they try modifying controllers and stuff to make uh, gaming more accessible to people. Oh, that's so cool! Yeah, that's so cool. And you just sparked another quick story that's also video game related. Can mm. can I share it yeah, with you? Yeah, yeah. So, my first memory of a video game, any video game, was I was a really young kid when Pong came out. Yeah. Right. And that was, you know, the first Atari game. Right. 
what's ironic about Pong is I could basically play it, you know, because it was just an up and down movement. Yeah. So you could do it with one hand. Yeah. But what's ironic about it is I'm actually in an entrepreneur group with the founder of Atari, with Nolan Bushnell. That's awesome. Right? And I've been in that group for three years. It's called Metal. It's It's an amazing group. What Nolan told us, not just me, but he told the whole group once, is that when he created Pong, when Atari created Pong, they couldn't get anyone's interest. So they thought outside of the box and take a wild guess where they went. Bars, I don't know. Ah, not a bad idea. Sears. Yeah, because actually that's what I was going to say is I think, and I I may be wrong, but wasn't before it actually became like an Atari cartridge game, wasn't it actually just like a standalone unit where it was just Pong itself in a box and you'd hook the box up to the TV and play Pong. Is that right? You know what? That I'm not sure about. I'll have to ask him next time I see him. But I'll tell you this. This is why that guy... Well, there's many reasons why Nolan's a genius, but this is one of them, right? Yeah. He told everybody that during wintertime, mm. back, way back in the 70s, yeah. during the winter, Sears would not sell lawn mowing equipment, right? Because there was... Right. Snow on the ground. Yeah, no one wants more to buy than, their John Deere lawnmower or whatever. <laughs> right. No one's going to buy a John Deere or a Craftsman lawnmower, right? Yeah. If, uh, if there's snow on the ground. During the winter, Sears would sell ping pong tables huh. in their, like, gardening department. That's interesting. And that's what gave Nolan Bushnell the idea to that. go to Sears and say... Would you consider a video game? That's funny. That that is actually genius, man. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? <laughs> That's that, that is pretty cool. Yeah, I I like like I said I could I could be wrong, but I feel like before it was like an Atari cartridge game. I feel like it was like a standalone Atari sized box that you'd plug into the TV and it had these little those little paddles that had the the circle you would spin, and that's what controlled the uh, you know the bars going up and down on each side. Yeah, I mean, next time I see him, I, I need to tell him how much I appreciate being able, being a young kid and actually being able to play that game. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. You know, that that was pretty awesome. But, uh, hey, I don't say this about everybody, but that is one man that deserves to be a billionaire. Totally, yeah. <laughs> right? Com- <laughs> completely, completely. Did, now, did you, like, did your friends, like... Um... Your friend from uh, from Kansas, like, did he have, like, a Nintendo and stuff when you guys were growing up? Or, like, did you ever try playing those things? Like, Oh, my God, yeah. My best friend. Okay, so my best friend then, who's still my best friend now, is Patrick Martin. And Pat had a pool table and an Atari in the basement of his house. Nice. Right? And the one game that I actually could play fairly well, not great, but fairly well, was called Stampede. Oh yeah, you remember that? Oh yeah, you remember that, that, was, that was the game we had to rope the the cows or the cattle. The right? cows, yeah. yeah. Yep. And of course, people out there rolling their eyes, like two kids in Kansas playing a video game <laughs> of lassoing cows on a range. <laughs> but that is what we did, right? We used to play the eight track of Queen's Greatest Hits. We'd play pool and we'd play Stampede in, the, awesome. in his basement, right? <laughs> yeah, that's and awesome. Then, 
And then, you know, that was the Atari 2600 back when the graphics were really, you know, kind of rudimentary. Yeah, that was actually the first system I got for Christmas. That was probably like 1983 when my parents got me that for Christmas. No, really? Yeah. Because I remember I had one Atari growing up, one system, and it was the next system, the Atari 5200. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, that came with Pac-Man? Yep. Oh my God! If there's a, uh, there, that, I love that game. I still play it. You know, I I see an arcade. There's an, actually an arcade uh, arcade on the Redondo Beach Pier. Yeah, that's about a hundred yards from where I live. Yeah, and you know, I'm not even sure if they still have Pac-Man, but I remember seeing Pac-Man in there a couple of years ago. Yeah, and my girls are like, Dad, teach us how to play, and I'm like, Get away, get away! This is Daddy's game. <laughs> <laughs> I'll teach you how to blow. I'll teach you how to blow three guys in this game. Like I'll teach you how to do this. Like a bit later, let Daddy play. A little yeah, bit, yeah, right? exactly. That's the only thing I could do, right? Yeah. And the only other games, video game wise, that, that I could do that I actually really sucked at. And let's be honest, I sucked at all of them. <laughs> right? We're just talking about the levels of sucking, right? Yeah. Pac-Man, my level of sucking was less than any other game. Okay, okay. You know, but one thing, one game I loved is Galaga. Oh, yeah. My father-in-law loves that game. No, really? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know why? Because my, my left hand has swan neck deformity, so it's kind of like a... A swan's neck. It looks yeah. like a claw. Yeah. And with, I could get my my fingers are naturally stiff anyway. Yeah. So I could just find a way to just keep pounding my left hand. Yeah, exactly. On that on that button, you know, for Galaga yeah. that shoots, and my right hand would try to like not get myself blown what, up what, all the time. What about centipede? Did you ever play that? I did. I okay. did, and I actually played Donkey Kong too. Okay. I mean, not not the second Donkey yeah, yeah. Kong, but Donkey also, Kong as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That one I sucked at. But the interesting thing with video games is growing up, and you know this more than me because you're a little bit younger than me, but it was like a badge of honor to be good at video games. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's like one thing I I would never really be good at. So I remember going on these like little pseudo dates when I was a young kid, right? Yeah. And they're like, let's get like $2 because – Back then, it was, you know, a quarter a yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. You could play video games for a quarter. Those days are gone. Yeah, those days are totally gone. Now, when I take my girls, there's a pizza place that we're probably going to go to today uh, that has video games, and we eat pizza and play games, but yeah. the games are all a buck. Yeah, They're exactly. all a dollar each. Exactly. You know, and some of them are two bucks. <laughs> I, what, and, what, what's genius, I don't know if you guys have over there uh, Dave & Buster's. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But what's genius about that? It's like, hey, you know, put your money on this little card, swipe it to play the games, and here, here's a couple of beers while you're playing. I'm like, that's a genius way to get people to keep putting twenty, thirty, forty bucks on the card. Oh man, amount of swipes. Let me go get more. Because <laughs> at that point, it's not even money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're just swiping. Yeah, the card. <laughs> absolutely. You know what it reminds me of? It's exactly what they do in Las Vegas at um, at casinos, where. Did you know that uh, – are you a gambler at all? No, I'm, I've never gambled ever. Okay, so I've gambled – when I gamble, I gamble maybe 2 or $3 in slots. Okay. The most I've ever gambled was 20 bucks in okay. slots. 
right? Yeah. Just, just, but I'm not a gambler at yeah. all. But if you're a gambler at blackjack and you stay at the table, yeah. you know, they bring you free liquor. I don't drink, so they could never really affect me. Yeah. But they, they apparently bring you free liquor all the time. Because they're trying to boost you up, man. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, right? I know so you they keep on losing money to them. Yeah, even, right? even at the casinos here in Connecticut, that's the, and they literally are walking around. The, the girls are literally walking around with trays of free drinks. Yeah, of course. And yeah. you know, one thing that they don't really talk about, they pump oxygen into their casinos. Did you know that? Is that to keep you up? To keep you up, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> so, so you don't get sleepy. <laughs> and so you know what I love doing? I probably shouldn't admit this on, on the internet or on this recording, but it is kind of funny. American Express always has amazing deals, right, everywhere, yeah, yeah. the travel section. Yeah. They always have tremendous deals in Las Vegas, so much so that you get a resort credit that's almost the cost of your entire room. No kidding. So while you're paying like, – let's say you're paying $150 for the room per night. Yeah. You're getting a hundred dollar resort credit for free. No kidding, right? They do that because they think that you're going to spend one or two or three thousand dollars gambling. Right. So they'll get the money back, but that's never the case with me, man. <laughs> I, I, I just take that credit, right? Yeah. Have a free dinner, and and enjoy my time without ever gambling. Yeah, it's no, great. I hear you. I hear my mom. Uh, she not too often. She probably went three to five times. She'd go to Atlantic City uh, with some friends of hers. Uh, that's before we had casinos here in Connecticut. But she would just bring like a hundred bucks with her and be like, "That's it. Once it's gone, you know, walk away." And so she would just have fun with a hundred bucks and then be done with it. You know what you got to think of it. I think just like your mom does. My attitude is, if you've got a hundred bucks or fifty bucks or twenty bucks or whatever you're going to risk, just assume it's gone anyway. Right. Right. Like if you just assume, hey, this is just part of the cost of my trip to enjoy this part of my trip. Right. Right? Exactly. Then it's gone anyway. Yeah. And then if you win something, it's like, hey, I spent twenty bucks to win four bucks. Great. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I only lost sixteen. <laughs> right? No, exactly. <laughs> but but you know, getting back to video games, I just think it's an interesting topic in the sense that uh, it was something I could never brag about. But again, let's be honest, there's very little I could ever brag about. <laughs> <laughs> but video, video games would not be one of those things, you know? Yeah, I mean, well, for me growing up, the video games, at least, at, you know, when I was younger in the, you know, mid, mid 80s, early 90s, like, if you, if you were, if you admitted you played video games, it's kind of like, oh, you know, loser kid, you know, you, you play video games or whatever. But then kind of in the, you know, late, mid, late 90s, early 2000s, then it started to kind of become sort of cool, you know, to be like a nerd or a geek or, you know, whatever the label is you want to you wanna right. put on it. But it, it's kind of amazing to see like where video games have come like in a short amount of time. I mean, you know, you figure the 60s, mid 60s, whatever video games kind of started coming out and to where they are now. I mean, really looking at 60 years of history ish, you know, so it's like, what's going to happen in the next 20 or 30. I mean, it's kind of amazing to see the, what, what they're evolving into. Yeah. You know, there's a, this isn't exactly video games, but I did a virtual reality thing once mm. where 
My friend took me, and you put these glasses on. Yeah. You know, these VR glasses? Yep. Before I put them on, he told me, he goes, I give you $100 if you can take one step forward. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I put these glasses on, and the experience was being on a 110-story building. Oh, man. And you're on the edge. Oh, man. Right? Yeah. And, then, and I know... That I'm not there. I know I'm just in a room. I know it. Yeah. Right? Then he goes, Hamad, take a step forward. And I couldn't do it. My legs started shaking. Man. Isn't that crazy? And yeah. They, it, it really messes with your mind, Jonathan. Yeah. No, there was this guy I was talking to that was talking about doing stuff with a band with sort of like 360, 360 degree, you know, videos, VR-ish, but not totally. And they're showing this lady clips of the of the you know it was like being on the stage with the band and you could spin around and look at whatever view you wanted you know on the stage with the band and so they're letting her try it out and they started kind of tapping on her shoulder like hey you know let, let us have the glasses back we, you know we want to talk to you and and she was like no no don't take me off the stage don't take me off the stage like she was so sucked in she thought she was on the stage with them that is all you know that reminds me of they showed this video, and this is really funny. They took retirees. Yeah. They took people in their, like, 65 to 85 age range. Yeah. Put them on these VR glasses, and they were watching sexual experiences. <laughs> yeah. Like, experiences of, like, VR-based sexual yeah. experiences. Yeah. And they were filming these people, right? And it was so funny. Oh, I man. mean, it was... You just because they know it's not. Some of them keep turning away and shaking their heads. Others really got into it. I mean, really got into it, right? <laughs> and then they so much so they didn't realize how much they were getting into it. Like they lost the sense of reality that they're not actually having sex. That they're just yeah. watching it. And they right? didn't realize they're in a room full of other people or whatever. Watching them, yeah. filming them. Right. 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 That's pretty wild, isn't it? It is. I, I was I was talking to someone too the other day. Like you know now now there's you know Xbox Connect and all that stuff. Like we have this cool game. It's called um, uh, Connect Party, and basically it was kind of like this thirty to forty five minute kind of pre recorded like video thing, but it would you it would overlay you over these videos, and you could actually like interact with stuff that was on the screen. It was pretty crazy and. It's a, a pretty like rudimentary game in the sense of it. It was more just to show you what the Kinect was kind of capable of. It wasn't like a real quote unquote game, but right. I was just like, man, my younger kids are growing up are going to be like their first memory of video games. They're going to be like, huh? Remember the 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 Kinect for the Xbox? Oh, that was cute. That's crazy. You know what they're doing now is there, and I think I'm sure you already know this, but some people listening may not. Now. There's a way to um, make your business a Pokemon hotspot. Oh, no kidding. And you pay for that. I, I, could, I could definitely – if it, one, one book I highly, highly, highly – and if I haven't said it yet, highly recommend people to read. And the, the, I, I, I read this book five or six years ago. I still read this book like once a year. And this, this is how the, our world is going to be. Maybe not totally exactly how this book uh, describes, but very similar. It's called Ready Player One. Oh, yeah, yeah. Steven Spielberg's making a movie on it. Yeah, but the book is amazing. 
and if you if no one's ever read it, you have to read it. It's it's really I'm not even gonna go into exactly all all I'll say is it's kind of about virtual reality, augmented reality kind of stuff. Like that's all I'll say. But it's an amazing book and everyone should listen to it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I will check it out. Uh, I know Spielberg directed that film. It's yeah. coming out sometime yeah. this next year. I think. Will Will Wheaton reads the uh, he does the audio book, so he reads the book on Audible. You know, the oh guy, really? Yeah, yeah. He he does an awesome job at it. Like I just love it. It's got a ton of like it's all it's got a ton of eighties references. It, it, it's an awesome book. But yeah, like you know th- this Pokemon Go thing is totally like what this book was hitting the nail, you know, scratching onto. Um, but it, yeah, like I said, we're, we're five or 10 years away. I think maybe from what this book is talking about. Yeah. But if that's the case, we're really three to five years away. Yeah. The things always move faster than, than we think they do. Yeah. Right? I mean, essentially, you know, in, in a very roundabout way, what the, what the book was getting at is there is this online world this online, you know, world uh, that everyone across the world was was had access to it, and so everyone across the world would be in this online world, doing almost everything within this online world. So they would have like jobs in this online world. They're like buying things in this online world. They're interacting with, the, with their friends on this online world. They're you know they're going to like arcade games in this online world and playing the arcade games. You know they're going to like dance clubs in this online world and dancing with their avatars like it's that it's totally where we're heading like you said in pokemon they're charging businesses you know to have their business in this in this world and so that's that's what this ready player one was hitting you know touching on that someday you know a a lot of people are going to have like jobs online in these virtual worlds doing stuff yeah, and you know it's really wild. I wonder we will eventually get to a place where people want to get married in their online worlds. Totally. Yeah, I, yeah. Right? Like it almost it'll almost I mean, you know, there's that second, you know, second life which is just way too far ahead of it was way too far ahead of itself, but oh. that's kind of, you know, what it'll be like just way more sophisticated. Okay, so I have a sec- <laughs> I have a second life story. Have I ever told you this? No, I think so. When Second Life came out, when it was all the craze, right? Yeah. I'm like, to me, it made no sense to pay real money to get fake money. I hear you. Right? Yeah. But I thought, oh, okay, let me just see what this craze is about. So <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing, but I still think it's it's a bit crazy. So I go into Second Life, and I reverse my name to be my character. Okay. So my character in Second Life is Dama Idiaz, which is Hamad, <laughs> That's awesome. which is Hamad Zaidi backwards. Yeah. Right. And there's a reason I'm telling you that because I'm out there still somewhere, unless they've <laughs> closed down. But here's what's funny thing about Second Life. The first day I was there, I buy some credits. I go around, and you know you go around wherever you are and you meet a stranger and you're like, "Hi, how are you? Whatever." Right. Yeah. I still think it's a bit ridiculous because I think it's all I, – I wasn't really into it that much because I thought the whole thing was fake and why am I paying real money Yeah, to buy fake houses in right. a fake community, right, in right. a fake world. But here's what happened, Jonathan. There is a button on, <laughs> on that game, right, mm-hmm. on Second Life that said remove clothes. 
<laughs> there was. I'm being totally honest. For those of you who play that game, you'll know it's true. It said remove clothes, and I, I you know, I, I'm curious. I just pressed that button, and my character became completely naked, right? <laughs> and still to this day, I don't know how to put them back on. <laughs> so I was wandering around naked, and all these people are like, you a-hole, you know, get out of here. <laughs> put some damn clothes on. And they're dropping much worse words than yeah, a-hole, right? Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. And, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't know what I'm doing. They're like, no, yeah, of course you don't know what you're doing. Get away from us. Get away from us. <laughs> Crazy naked guy running around. So, Man, yeah. so, somewhere in the second in the second life universe, there's a naked Dama Idiaz running around. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, along those lines, you know, again, and that that Ready Player One hits hits the nail on the head, where it's like you're you're giving real money for the, these these fake things. You know, like I remember years ago, probably. Well, I think I think Kayla, our son was was born, but so it was like 15 years ago or something. But my cousin comes over to my house, and he's like, "Hey, you got a PayPal account?" I was like, "Yeah, why?" And he's like. Oh, I'm, I'm playing this game, World of Warcraft. Um, no, uh, EverQuest. I think he was. Play- that's when he was playing EverQuest. And I was like, okay. And he's like, if I give you twenty bucks, can you put it in your PayPal account? I was like, sure. I was like, why? What, you know, I was like, I was like, well, what, what are you doing? I was like, I don't want to do anything, you know, shady or whatever. He's like, oh no, no, I'm going on EverQuest and I'm going to meet this guy at a particular spot in EverQuest and I'm going to buy gold from him. And I was like. Wait a minute. I was like, you're giving me real money to go on this game and you're buying fake money in the game. He's like, yeah. I was like, I'm in the wrong business. I was oh, my like, God. You and me both. man. <laughs> I was just like, you got to be. And I was like, how many people do this? He's like, tons of people. Because it, it was like it's like a shortcut. Instead of having to do all the work, you would just pay the money and get the fake money. It's like, man, th- this is amazing. Like. Even my even my son, well, he doesn't play it that much anymore, but he was playing a, a game called Counter-Strike uh, Global Offense. They call it CSGO. And you can get these skins. Ba- you know, basically it just makes, it makes your gun look cooler and makes your knife look cooler. It doesn't give any any sort of, you know, it, it doesn't make the, the gun or knife any better. It just makes it look cooler. And he never spent any money. He was always able to, like, trade knife skins and upgrade and upgrade somehow. And so, right. but he ended up selling his knife skin. Someone paid him a hundred bucks. They PayPal him a hundred bucks for this knife skin. And I was like, man, <laughs> I was just like, again, I was like, I was like, how do we make these knife skins? He's like, you can't like, you know, steam controls all that. I was just like, man, I can't. It's, it's a mind boggling, you know, that people, you know, do that. I was just like, oh my goodness. No, that's crazy. Hey, before we wrap this up, I just wanted to ask you really quick. Mm. Were there games that you played before your accident that you continue to play after? Oh, yeah, totally. Like, I I, I grew up, I, the last video game system I physically saw was a Sega Genesis and a Super Nintendo. Oh, they were pretty good. Yeah, so Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo, uh, TurboGrafx-16, and even the Neo Geo. Um, so... I, those are the last systems I actually saw. And um, so I, when I got in the, the car accident, I was in the hospital. The, uh, they had a, a Nintendo Entertainment System. So this is 1992. So Nintendo was, I mean, it was old because the Super Nintendo was out. But 
everyone still had a Nintendo. And so they had a Nintendo sure. hooked up to a TV and they had a cart that they'd wheel in, you know, in the rooms and you could have a certain amount of time playing. And I, and I asked the nurses one day, I was like, Hey, can I, can I get the Nintendo? And they're like, ha, 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 uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can get the Nintendo. And they never brought it to me. And so I told my mom, I was like, I asked them to, to use the Nintendo, but you know, they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't bring it in. And she was like, Oh really? And so she, she went and talked to them and said, if my son wants to play Nintendo, I don't care if you can see it or not, you're going to bring it in this room. And you're going to let them play, you know, whatever games you have. And so I didn't get it like right away that day. But I asked my mom, I said, hey, tomorrow when you come in, bring in a couple of games for me. So she brought in Mike Tyson's punch out. And so they, they popped the game in. And I had my room full of nurses watching me because I could beat really I could beat the first like six guys in the game just by the sounds I was hearing. Because the game, and those games are simplistic, so just by the music, it was all timing with the music, and there'd be certain sounds sometimes the guys would make that I was fighting, and i know exactly what they're going to do. So just by hearing the sounds, I could beat the people. Really? Yeah. And the nurses were just like, what in the world is going on? They were like dumbfounded, because they all knew I was totally blind. They couldn't believe it. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> and then, and then, so later on, I, I kept, I, I, st- I, st- I don't, I haven't played in a long time, but to this day, I can still play like Madden football. And what I do is, uh, if it's like, a new, you know, when the, when the new game comes out, I'll have like Caleb or whatever sit down with me and I'll have him read me the whole playbook. Okay. You know, X is this position, you know, B is this position, whatever. And I, I go through the whole playbook. And then when I click on the positions, he'll say, all right, this is a run. This is a run. This is a pass. And I, I'll literally memorize everything. I'll memorize the entire offensive and defensive playbook. So I know exactly what I'm picking. And then I, I can totally play and beat the computer. I, I, I would beat all my friends all the time with a game uh, called Game Day for the PlayStation 1. I, I, I could beat pretty much all my friends and they were not letting me win. There was only one friend that I had that no matter what, he always just had my number. He could always beat me, but all my other friends, they, none of them ever let me win. I would always beat, like not always beat them, but I could, I could definitely beat them a majority of the time. That is insane. You've just, (laughs) you've just depressed me even more. Now that I know that even my blind friend can kick my ass in video games. Well, this, this one, you know, this is back when, you know, I, I was like 19, 20, you know, I, I had like, you know, at least 10, 12 people in my house at all times. And like, I'd be playing and like my, my friends would bring over like some of their friends. Right. And so they would warn them, Hey, if, when we go over there, you know, John might be playing and he, don't, don't forget he's blind. And they're like, yeah, yeah. Okay. And a bunch of times kids came over and they would just sit on the couch with their jaw open, watching me like mop the floor with my friends playing this football game. They couldn't believe it. That is awesome. <laughs> you know, I actually think you should apply just for fun. We should find, you know what? For fun, we should find an open coaching position. <laughs> <laughs> And have you applied on the application, but fully memorized every single play in all Madden video games? <laughs> I, I've, I, 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 for like a while ago, maybe 10 years ago or more, I was like, I was trying to get a hold of like one of my friends because I heard he, he kind of had a coaching job. I don't, I don't remember if it was necessarily for high school or not, 
But I was like, man, that'd be cool to kind of be like on the sidelines, like not not that I would be coaching, but just to maybe give him input. Because I think because I, I grew up playing football. I love football. I love the strategy. I understand how football still works, even though I can't see. And I think I could still come up with some some ideas or, or tactics of uh, how to be successful, you know, e- even as a coach. I always thought it would be fun just to just to see how that would work out. But yeah, that's, that's pretty wild. So. This podcast was not necessarily all about video games, but it is where we started. There you go. And that's kind of where we ended. (laughs) And that is kind of where we ended. (laughs) So that's the story for today. Awesome. Yeah. So if you guys want to subscribe to the podcast, check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio. Don't forget there's 59 seconds of Cloud9. Check out limpingoncloud9.com. And also check out toysaccessible.com where their toys are built specifically for children with various types of disabilities, toysaccessible.com. And if you want to reach out to us, info at limpingoncloud9.com, info at limpingoncloud9, the number 9.com. And everyone, thank you for listening and downloading. We'll talk to you next episode. See ya.